Focus Football. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Field Yates and Stefania Bell. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. It is Tuesday, October 23rd, which means we are closing the chapter. Wait, wait, wait. It is not October 23rd. October 3rd. <laughs> I have to tell you something. I was like, That's the second wait time a I've second. done that recently. Woo. It's very symptomatic of the person me. that has to bring the show. And you're thinking about so much stuff. So many things. That when you actually start the show, you're like, oh, wait, is it Tuesday? Is it what Thursday? Date what is day it? is it? What day what of the month is it? The, the, my hardest part yeah. is figuring out which stinking day of the week it is. Do you know crazy. how tough that is? Yeah, yeah. All right, we got a huge show for us today. Yeah, we, guys. we had Monday Night Football. We'll get through that as quickly as possible. No one okay. wants to spend a lot of time on that. We got a bunch <laughs> of injury updates to be able to talk about. Stefania going to let us give us all the stuff that we need. Jonathan Taylor might be coming back. Guys. We'll start there. We're going to dive well. in with yeah. that one specifically first. And Jonathan Taylor, eligible to return to practice here, Field. Obviously, we're at a spot where I was in... Let me say this. I thought, okay. I thought we were going to have some sort of movement in some way, shape, or form on this Jonathan Taylor news. Now I'm hearing Jonathan Taylor can return to practice, excited to return to practice with his teammates... Which I heard. Yeah, I, 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 I heard that's that. according to his head coach. Correct. Yes. I thought he didn't ever want to play for Jim Irsay ever again. What is happening here? Like, is this really going to happen? And are we actually going to see Jonathan Taylor playing football for us soon? So he is eligible just for the expository of those that don't follow the NFL's collective bargaining agreement that often. I borrowed that word. That was a big one. Because he was on PUP, he is eligible to begin practicing effective Monday, which was yesterday. If they had a practice, they didn't. So on Wednesday, they will begin their practice week for their week five preparations. Head coach Shane Steichen said, hey, he's going to be... He, this was Shane Steichen's uh, terminology. He is excited to be with his teammates. If I've learned one thing in this Jonathan Taylor saga about Shane Steichen, and this is not a, I'm not blaming Shane Steichen for taking on this role, is that he is basically like public pacifier for both sides, right? Yeah. Throughout the process, when things were very, very ugly, including Jim Irsay making comments and tweeting things he shouldn't have, and during reporting in which things were very, very nasty between the two sides, Shane Steichen continued to take the, yeah, like everything is Hunky dory, it's all good. Hope to see him on the field at some point this season. So what I'm using that to say is while Shane Steichen could be correct in that Jonathan Taylor is excited to return to his teammates or to the practice field with his teammates, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in that. Don't Adam Schefter that has okay. said this multiple times. Dan Graziano has alluded to it. Like absence, a new contract for Jonathan Taylor or a new trade for Jonathan Taylor, there are still some around the league that are skeptical or dubious that he will actually be back on the field. Just because he has returned to practice, it doesn't mean that the team has to activate him to the 53-man roster. They have 21 days to do that. At some point, though, the Jonathan Taylor return is coming because the fact that the clock is already ticking means three weeks from Wednesday when the practice uh, practice starts, when he'll be officially designated to return off of PUP, yep. he will have to be activated to the Colts 53-man roster, which means you're probably going to have at least a half a season of Jonathan Taylor playing somewhere, and all of a sudden the value becomes a very interesting proposition for fantasy. So if you've gotten by holding on to Jonathan Taylor so far, you are not entirely out of the woods, but your investment in a player who had a very uncertain future coming into the season might wind up paying off. So I think Jonathan Taylor's return is getting closer. 
what I would stop short of saying based off the information that I have at 11.04 on Tuesday, October 3rd, Daniel, is that it's imminent. We're getting there. I do not think that it is a guarantee that we see Jonathan Taylor this week, maybe not even next week, maybe not even the week following that, playing for the Indianapolis Colts. And I do think a trade is still within the realm of possibilities. Gosh, there's so much to unpack there for us as fantasy managers then, because at this situation, we might have to be in a, you got to just keep holding right now with Jonathan Taylor. That's, I mean, I I, I know that uh, if you have, here's what I would do. If you've held and you're still in it, Yep. Like your team is doing fine. You're doing okay. Yep. Don't do a thing, right? Continue to hold. Now, if you are one and three, oh and four, and Jonathan Taylor's return has done enough to excite somebody else in your league, I would not be afraid to make a move right now. Because while Jonathan Taylor could return at any point, like it still feels like a return is not that close to taking place at this very moment. Well, and you had mentioned this, and Stefania, I'm going to ask you this really quickly. You had mentioned the idea that he's going to be coming off a of PUP. He was on PUP because of contractitis, which right. is what we know about. Yes. Stefania, though, we have talked about, even though he's got contractitis, he's got to be able to make sure he gets back to the return to play and return to performance as a part of this. Yeah, he's been listed because of his ankle, because that's what he has surgery sure. on in January, and he did have... Uh, you know, that was a very real thing. And his rehab from the ankle, that was all real. But now it's really about acclimation to football. We talk about this all the time. There's a reason the NFL structured acclimation days into the preseason so that players would not come from time off to four quarters of NFL football. And I think that Jonathan Taylor is such a hard worker and has been doing stuff on his own to get his workload up and they can simulate things. But there's no real substitute for actually playing an NFL football game. So it'd be interesting if he does play, how much of this, I I don't think it's an automatic, like if he plays, let's assume that he's active, he's going to play. Zach Moss is just going away. I think Mm, that the, the smart thing to do would be to incorporate him gradually. Yep. Let's hope that happens. Yeah, I would say that uh, we're going to talk about Cooper Cup in a little bit. The two most notable players to go on either PUP or, or IR to begin the season. I think the tenor of these two situations is quite a bit different. I'll explain that a little bit more when we dive into the Cooper Cup situation. Encouraging, on the one hand, that Jonathan Taylor is going to return to practice. I don't think, though, that we have the clearest picture as to what it means right now. Here in week five. Yep. All right. I'd be surprised if he plays in week five. Yeah. That's my stance for this moment, is I would be surprised if he is on the field this Sunday. Instead, I expect another week of Zach Moss as the starter. Another hold moment for fantasy managers. If you got Jonathan Taylor, we'll keep seeing what we got with that one. Yep. All right, Monday Night Football. Let's get through this as quickly as we can. <laughs> All right, moving on to waiver wires. <laughs> well, it wasn't a ton of fun. I'll tell you what my favorite part of Monday Night Football was. Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell was oh, fantastic. Yes, that was, was my so favorite part, good. Yes. Uh, I actually got a package earlier in the day. Uh, and my mail carrier came up, delivered at the door, walked back out, and I opened the door to grab the mail package. And okay. the mail carrier from the street yelled, I need two points from Gino tonight. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, I think you'll be able to get two points from Gino. It was close, though. It was close. Almost didn't get two points from Gino Smith with the way that things worked out here. We saw some Drew Locke out on the field for the Seattle Seahawks, Stefania. did, yeah. I did want to ask you about that. Any updates on everything that we saw last night, knowing that Gino had to leave the game earlier than we had hoped for? 
Well, he has a knee injury. Uh, that we know. That's yeah. what he left for. That's what he came back from. And he definitely looked like his mobility wasn't as good. But in his post-game interview, he talked about the bye week as a chance to get fully healthy. And then the follow-up was, so how's your knee? And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fully, it's fully fine. healthy. So I think, you know, if anything, the rest will do him some good. They weren't in a spot where they needed Geno to really be out there. Field, these giants looked awful. Quickly on Terrible. the Seahawks, yes. if there's anything you want to add. Uh, my, here's my takeaways on the Seahawks last night is that uh, we have seen like probably a slightly slower start for both Tyler Lockett and, 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 and DK. DK Metcalf yep. as compared to last year. No surprise, because while Geno remains one of the great stories in the NFL, and this team is 3-1, and one, in part because of Geno Smith, he is not the same player statistically as he was last season. He's got three games under 15.5 fantasy points, two of those three games under 10 fantasy points. So my conversation that I would be having right now is, is Geno Smith a fantasy starter anymore? I am not convinced that he is right now because there are enough quarterbacks that have risen up yeah. and enough that have held value. That I don't think Geno Smith is a 10 or 12 team league starter at all. And it may be in a 16 team league because it's hard to find any sort of quarterback depth. But think about players like Matthew Stafford that have kind of both boosted their volume compared to the preseason. Obviously, Anthony Richardson, yep. Brock Purdy is a superior option. Yes, absolutely. There are enough guys that Geno Smith, not a 10 or 12 team starter and maybe in a 14 or 16 team league because I don't look at the matchups he's had so far and be like, wow, like he, he just he ran into a brick wall. Like, you know, the Jets have played like every good defense in the first four yeah. weeks in the NFL. Yeah. They played the Rams. They played the Lions, who are an improved defense, yes, but you know, had a good day, good, good day against them. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the Panthers, who have no secondary depth, and then the Giants last night, who are not playing well defensively at all. On or the other side of this game, yeah, they're not doing anything <laughs> well right now. Well. Uh, on offense for the Giants, like there the really is no fantasy takeaway in this game other than we really miss Saquon Barkley. And if you missed our <sighs> conversation yesterday about tight ends and yes. being stuck in the morass, go listen to it because it applies to Darren Waller. That's yeah, brutal right now. It's so rough. This is why Saquon Barkley wanted to get paid. I mean, I think he has an argument a la Christian McCaffrey of how valuable he is. I to do his so team. much for this offense. Right. Kind of a and thing. I think that he is in that group of running backs and, and I know people will argue, yep, but he could get hurt. Well, here's what it looks like when you're, it looks like. You're, your best player on offense is not playing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just terrible right now. Go back By the and way, listen. The Seahawks defense last night, 29 fantasy points. Oh my God. Oh, 11 sacks. Of course, Evan Witherspoon uh, had a pick six, yeah. 97 yard so return for him. 10 fantasy points through the first three games for the Seahawks 29 last night. So all of a sudden the Seahawks who had 10 through the first three weeks are the fifth highest scoring fantasy defense on the season. Sort of hey, the Seahawks of yesteryear. Mm. How and many then, of those defenses have outscored Joe Burrow on the season? Field uh, the Cowboys definitely have. They've got 75 fantasy yes, that's points. Definitely. The Bills have. <laughs> yes. The Bucks have. Mm -hmm. The Ravens have. Mm -hmm. I believe the uh, Seahawks Browns have. Let me check where Joe is. We're Joe, talking like seven defenses have scored more fantasy points than Joe Burrow. Uh, so actually, far more than that. I take that back. Joe's at 31.42. So yeah, it's a lot more than that. Oh, you get all goodness. the way down to the Saints, who are like the 10th highest scoring defense, have scored more fantasy points than Joe Burrow. Just an abomination start for Joe, but uh, bravo to everybody who made it through last night's Monday yes. night football. Raiders, Packers next week on Monday night. Uh, I still enjoy it, obviously. It's football. We love it, but last night was not a night where many fantasy miracles were answered. <sighs>
No. It rough. It was really terrible. But shout out to my mail carrier who did get the dub last That's right. night Two over points whoever from else Gino. they played. That's all we needed. But your mail carrier needs to consider a pivot because Gino is not getting the job not done if it's a 10 right or 12 now. team league. That's right. Not you doing it. Well, now's a good time because they're not time. playing next Going week. Bye so, week. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Chargers, Seahawks, Bucks, and Browns <laughs> on bye. We'll talk about waiver wire here in just a little bit. Stefania, let's jump into the injury report. Let's jump. All right. We're going to start with... <laughs> not start the one with, you just jumped. Not, no. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. start with Javante yeah, Williams. You, I did. You just didn't see it. He I, had... Or you just... You mirrored Matthew's like, yeah. Where it's like, you don't actually see it. <laughs> yes. Very body, well. You can In see like mind. parts of his body going up and down. It's just his feet don't leave the ground. That's so good. How many of the jokes you think about? He still hears from our show about him. I don't think oh. he hears very many. Of them. Oh, okay. I think he hears a lot. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I hope so. so. I, I hope so. so. Right. If you hear that one, Matthew, just know that you actually can jump really high. I take it back, <laughs> missing you, buddy. All right, let's talk Javante Williams. He left the game on Sunday against the Bears with a hip injury, Stefan. Yeah, that's what it's being called. Uh, Adam Schefter reported this is a hip flexor. That's okay. muscle, deep muscle in the front of the hip. We don't know which side. Uh, it sounds like they're not worried that he's going to miss much time. It's not the severity of the injury per se that has me concerned. It's the stuff we talked about before the season about Mm -hmm. this is a young man coming off a multi-ligament knee injury that was incredibly challenging. And he made it back in such a quick fashion and actually a really uneventful fashion. I thought the Broncos did a good job of managing his workload through the preseason and and he seemed to respond to it all. But we call this recidivism when you have uh, an injury that follows a, a, you know, a major injury like this. We, we see it all the time. Typically it comes in the form of some kind of soft tissue injury. And I, you know, you can't say for sure that these are connected, but it feels like they could be. And the most important thing is you really have to be over this before you come back because then you're at the risk of a much greater injury when you have this recent history of this big, big surgery. Sure. So the Broncos should be careful with him. Uh, that would be my my advice that they don't want to hear. But I think you, you got to be careful. Is that mm-hmm. the word recidivism? Yeah. I was going to say, that. you got on me for saying expository. I was just trying expository to, is like fairly normal compared to <laughs> recidivism. Trying to keep up the field on the podcast. I've if you would ask me, that. was recidivism, is recidivism a word? No. Or was this an era? I would not know the day. Like it was the during the recidivism era, we used to do this. Like, Let's um, do the spelling. I'll little try. Little you ready? Bit, yeah. Yeah, Tell it. me how wrong mm. I am. Recidivism. <laughs> Can you, you can use it in a sentence? I just did. You just did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, country of origin? Language of origin? Yeah. yeah. Recidivism. R-E-C-I-T-I-V-I-S-M. Recidivism. Your turn. R-E-C-E-T-I-V-I-S-M. Oh, God, you're way wrong. Okay. All right. What did we miss up? R-E-C-I-D. Recidivism. Okay. This is why you're All so right. much smarter than say, us, Princeton over yeah, here bragging about spelling as if you weren't the superior speller on this show. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all, spelling. That's so not I'm true. I'm going to stand in the spotlight with that. All right. Anyway, we we I, I think, yes, it doesn't sound that serious. I'm more concerned about just kind of how he does, how they manage. He's and been underwhelming this year. Yes, he, he has. has been. Uh, I think in, I, when we were, yeah, his, I think the juice just does not seem to be there nearly at the level that it was prior to this injury. I'm optimistic. Yep. I'm optimistic it will get there over time, but I do feel like this is going to be more of a slog season for Javante Williams than a year when he eventually takes off. We're going to talk about Jaleel McLaughlin a little later yes, on in the show mm-hmm. as part of the waiver wire. Stefania, let's talk about Mike Evans who left Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints with a hamstring yeah. injury. 
Yeah, me. left in the second quarter while running a route, didn't come back. Now Todd Bowles called it a tweak. This is my favorite coach-like definition. When you look for grades of severity, somebody's calling it a tweak. That yeah. sounds like not a big deal, right? It wasn't like a Mike Evans hamstring injury at the past uh, when we saw him go down in the end zone. So that was 2019. Like, thing then. Right, okay. <laughs> Got it. That's what I was worried about I with the recidivism. You, but it's you, not. So I thought that makes you said revitivism. <laughs> I yeah. might have Is said revitivism. I don't know. Sorry. Anyway, it was not, uh, I think it was 2019 when he had a right leg hamstring injury late in the season. And then that was it. He was done for the year. This was, he walks off the field. He's got a little something in his hamstring. You don't want it to turn into anything bigger. Mike Evans is a guy who has played, you know, other than that year where he ended his season early and that was in December. He has played... 15 or 16 games every year he's been in the league. Wow. So if you look at that, that's very encouraging when you think about yep. his likelihood of being able to come back and be, and oh, by the way, and bye week comes bye at week. the perfect time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, but I think part of what happened this past Sunday was they were in control of that game. Not that I think he had a great chance of returning, but if right. ever there was a time where you could really err on the side of caution, it's yes. when you're waxing the Saints. Um, I think my favorite coach thing is not when they say tweak, but like the coach will be up there at the microphone. I'll, I, this is not what Todd Bowles said, to be clear, but I will use Mike Evans as an example. Is Yeah, you know, Mike has a hamstring. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. good. I'm glad well, he's got at least hopefully one. Hopefully he's got two. <laughs> now we know he has a hamstring. And it's like, anything else? No, just a hamstring. Yeah. He's got a hamstring. Okay. That's it. Got it. Okay. Or technically three in each leg if yeah. you want to get specific. Hold on now. I don't yeah. have. There are three parts to your hamstring. I have six hamstrings. I have one hamstring yeah. on each leg, right? Semitendinosus, semimembranosus, biceps femoris. Yeah, smell, smell those for me. Yeah, yeah right. I'll bet, you, I'll bet you she could. I actually don't want to You know what's the best part? This. The best part is that like Stefania could literally be lying through her teeth. I about could. Nine I could. Just could. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Didn't, uh, Stegosaurus. Yeah, yeah. And Brontosaurus Remember burger. when someone last year, when uh, is Drew Brees' final season, when they were like, yeah, Drew Brees has 38 broken ribs. And I was like... <laughs> No, he doesn't. That's not possible. <laughs> there's literally there's like six ribs on each side, and there. And the swine's like, no, there's actually like 112. Well, yeah. I was like, <laughs> excuse me, what? 12 minus 100. Whatever. Yeah, I, so like, you, could, you could say anything about medicine, and I'd be like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and Sometimes then, I make things up. I just want to keep you guys, you know, honest. I, but the thing is that I go tell my friends about this stuff. <laughs> yes. So like, just know that uh, if all of a sudden, like, uh, you know how like Twitter now has like fact checking. If I need like a Twitter fact checker to start following me around, I'm, I'm like, good. yeah, like. Yeah, guys, I'm you know I got a big a big tennis match this weekend. I don't know my right hamstring is in like the outside third right hamstring. Right. That's I have three. My friend's like mm, three. But you would, that would actually technically be correct. That's very good. Way to go, Phil. Wow. Yeah. Way yeah. to accidentally yeah. stumble upon <laughs> that one, buddy. Uh, to be clear, I, I don't have a tennis match this weekend. I don't play tennis. Uh, well, I used to, but used to probably but not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, no, not right. If anybody wants to play, let me know. Dad, now you're playing pickleball. Pickle, yeah, that's, what that's right. It's all about the pickle. Yeah. It's all about pickleball. Pickle or paddle. Stefania T. Higgins has ribs. Yes. Care to discuss the ribs field? Uh, you're doing a good job. I was going to say. Uh, I was just trying uh, to do my best. So you got 112 right of them. Okay. Uh, their best. I mean, uh, where's the best barbecue? If that's what you want to go, the direction you're looking. I'm a big Kansas City barbecue fan. Yeah, there's some jokes there. We will. Bypass. We'll anyway, T. Higgins, rib fracture, suffered in the first half of the game. He thinks that he landed wrong, and that's how it was caused. Uh, he said it's up to him whether he plays or not, that it's a pain tolerance issue. What are people looking for after a rib fracture? Well, the big thing is, what's the alignment look like? You know, mm-hmm. the, the, you want to be sure that you're not, uh, that it's not in a location uh, where you are at the risk of damaging a lung. Like, that. that's really the top priority. And so, um, you know, originally he thought it was back tightness. So mm. he didn't even know right away. And then 
when uh, he couldn't sleep on it, you know, it was hurting when he coughed. They, they, with the x-rays, he found out he Hold had on. a rib injury. I need to ask many follow-up questions here. It hurts T. Higgins to sleep on it, just to lay down, and when he coughs. Yeah. But he's going to be able to play football where he gets smashed by huge dudes at the same time. Like, how does this work? It, it actually happens a lot. The guys play through these rib injuries. It's incredibly... Am I not a real man, Stefania? Is that what well, that is? Well, you're not... The man of okay. like an NFL yeah, player is okay. man. That's what it is. All right. But you can say it. I ask. Now, sometimes there are times where they can do a, a pain relieving injection. You know, if it's okay. a certain location, there are some where you can and some where you can't. Yeah, right below the 40th and 41st rib. <laughs> on the left side. Yeah. That's where it is. You, you I mean, know. we know there's been, we had a quarterback. Yes, we did. Tyrod Taylor, where, who had a punctured lung as a result of an injection. So, you know, there's, it's not like a, there's caution warranted, but it's also, a pretty commonly executed treatment for guys who are having some pain and it allows them to function a little bit better. But yeah, your rib cage, it moves. I think people think of it as stationary, like armor. No, it, when you breathe, your rib cage, you know, it expands. So Opens your ribs up. move with every single thing you do with breathing, coughing, twisting, turning. You lie on it, you put pressure on it. So it's not even just so much will they take contact on it and will it bother them? It's what happens when they're breathing hard. You know, what happens when they get fatigued? All of that stuff can impact them. So we shall see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed a week. He'd certainly be within the realm of reasonable possibilities, but it sounds like if he's comfortable enough, he'll play. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, the problem with saying, okay, if the Spangles second wide receiver is out, you go ahead and add the third wide receiver because he's stepping up into a second wide receiver role is that this Bengals offense has been terrible this really year. Bad. Tyler Boyd's a good player, obviously, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is added in a bunch of leagues. If we don't see T Higgins on Sunday, it's just hard to say with confidence that someone not named Jamar Chase needs to be started, even in what feels like a great matchup. Yes. At some point, this Bengals team will turn it around. I just don't know if it's going to happen this weekend. I'm nervous. Yes. This is the person who stacked Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in my second to last draft of this season, projecting, hoping that maybe I can turn the mojo around by talking about it in a negative fashion on Tuesday before a Sunday game. I really, I am. Think it's gonna work? I'm definitely I don't concerned. Think it's going to happen. I mean, the thing is that Joe Burrow had a setback in season and that's the biggest concern is that he, it's really hard to get back to your original self when you've had that. And we can see part of, if you look at that air yards per attempt, I think that's the most telling thing. He is having trouble throwing and it's his, it's his leg that drives when he pushes the ball out. So I have a question. This is going to be a joke. Please don't give it. And he's having to get rid of it quickly under, you know, he, he has to get rid of it quickly because he can't afford to, be forced to run a lot. Should he have just listened to Dr. Jamar Chase when he was like, you know what? You need to just sit out a few more weeks. Is this, is this one angry, of those things where angry, the, Dr. Jamar angry, angry Dr. Jamar Chase, who was always open by the way. Yes. yes. He's like seven 11. Is this one of those things where like, if Joe would just have the ability to rest that he would be able no. to have more time or it's not like that. So that's why the team is willing to let him keep playing through it. You know, he, quarterback by the way, Daniel. Well, he, that's it's, it's not going to happen. But it, It's also that if you look at the fact that you had, Six weeks before the season started, almost seven before he had the setback. What, what do you say? Well, if you go six weeks, then it'll be fine. It probably won't be 100% this season. Yeah. So the question becomes, what what is the best that you can get as the season goes along? And you're continuing. So he's doing the stuff to try and work on it and get that strength back in his calf. 
but he can still be serviceable and he's probably their best option at quarterback. But for fantasy purposes, it's not going to look the way you want it's it. Brutal for us. Yeah. All right. Let's move ahead. Talk about one more injury here. Pat Frymuth has a hamstring injury. Is this going to be a, he has a hamstring? He has one. He has one. <laughs> he hamstring. actually has three on either side. <laughs> yes. But he has a hamstring. Is this yeah. going to be a multi-week absence for it, Pat? Frymuth? It is. We're already hearing he's expected to miss two to three weeks. I'll say this. The Steelers have a very structured protocol in terms of how they manage hamstring injuries that some other clubs have also adopted. But they have a pretty high correlation between what they see on imaging um, and the player's response to what they project as missed time. So when they're talking about that, being a projected timeline, it's pretty reasonable. If mm. you were to go back and look at Steelers players who've had hamstring injuries in the past and sort of what's been put out there, who did they put on injury reserve? Deontay yeah, Johnson, Johnson with a hamstring injury mm. because that one appeared more serious and looked like it was going to take longer for him to recover. This one, they're saying two to three weeks. Maybe he comes back on the early side of that. Maybe it takes a little bit longer. It's not an exact science, but they're actually, the, the way they assess and prognosticate and then manage their injuries. They're pretty on target with that. So I think that's pretty reasonable. Steelers feel tough for me right now in fantasy field. It doesn't feel all warm and fuzzy with all the things going on there, especially with Kenny Pickett also dealing with some ailments. And obviously their upcoming by changes uh, some things with Kenny Pickett status. It sounds like they'll opt for patience there. It also helps when you have Mitch Trubisky as your backup quarterback, but uh, not that Pat Frymuth has been lighting the world on fire for fantasy, but he has scored in two out of four games. So yet another tight end option off the board for some period of time here. I don't know that Darnell Washington, their third round pick out of Georgia will step up and play a starting role for Pittsburgh. I'm not sure he'll play a prominent role for them, but he has my attention because He's six foot seven blocks like an offensive tackle. And if you recall the combine, he was unbelievable in some of the receiving drills. So an an interesting name to monitor more for dynasty purposes than I think redraft purposes for however long Pat Firemuth is out. I like that. All right, Stefania, let's talk another injury really quickly. Obviously, we had Monday Night Football with the Giants. We did not see Saquon Barkley. Instead, we got some more Matt Breida run. How close are we to seeing Saquon? Uh, Well, I think he's close. I mean, he talked about, he was very open. Look, one thing I really appreciate about Saquon is like in this last year and a half, I would say since he came back uh, last year, right, heading into last season when he was really open about how he had struggled initially after the ACL, I think he's been really transparent about how he feels when he's had to deal with these things. And so he said, you know, this high ankle sprain, he feels he's coming back quickly and more quickly than even the doctors he had spoken with. Uh, had anticipated in terms of what he's able to do. So I imagine that's like his straight line movement and all that. We saw him in individual drills, never really did work with the team. But the things that the high ankle sprain challenges, like you're mm. pivoting and twisting and cutting, still hard for him. And so, understandably, was not ready to go on Monday. But I, I think he's, I think he's potentially very close. Okay, uh, the Giants could certainly use him. That's yes, my analysis from last yeah, time. Well, yeah. If anything, his absence uh, yeah, probably no, just re- again reinforced no his value. To it the was team. just a disgusting performance from the offense last night. All right, we got two other people that are potentially returning. Stefania, can we start with Jeff Wilson Jr. Because I think it's just a little more cut and dry. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. now eligible to come back. And I think that from a health standpoint, he's good. It's more a question of what's that running back room going to look like. Yeah. And Mike McDaniel has been asked in the past, can you lose your job due to injury? And, you know, I think that's something he has previously said he doesn't feel like is a good way to go about your business. And I'm not trying to say that he would be. Um, sort of like not a man of his word if he uh, instead played Devon Achan. But how can you bench a guy who's been the hottest running back in fantasy? More on Achan a bit in the show, but later on in the show, I think that Wilson 
in a deeper league is a totally fine speculative ad. I wonder if the pathway for Wilson is the possibility of somebody else in that backfield getting banged up. I hate to say it, but the history of Raheem Mostert's health has obviously been something that has been a part of his career. So you, you hope that nothing bad takes place for he or Devon Achan, but you are one injury away from either of those players, one with an injury history, a rookie who missed his first game of the season because he missed much of the preseason yep. due to a shoulder injury. I think if Jeff Wilson gets 12 or 15 carries a game in this offense with one of those two guys out, he'll have some fantasy value. He'll be like a, you know, a reasonable flex consideration. Yeah, Knowing Mike McDaniel, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jeff Wilson like get on the field. All three, and of, them yeah, all three yeah, of them will totally. get yep. a play, but I, I agree with you and I think it'll be, you know, a little bit, initially because there's not really a reason to do anything different but i think he's too valuable to ignore especially in deeper leagues because while we never want to bank on a player getting hurt the injury history of raheem mostert is something that uh, could potentially forecast the chance of him getting banged up again so this is why i am trying to sell raheem mostert as much as i can right now and you guys can decide that you don't want to be in on that bandwagon with me but i'm at a spot where raheem mostert has looked fantastic through the first four weeks obviously last week wasn't quite as good but if i have a 31 year old running back that does have an injury history that is going to get jeff wilson back there's at least a chance that you could see don't make a move just to make a move you'll you'll hear about this in the score report but i think if you want to see what's out there maybe see what you could potentially I, I, i fear the window might have been last week not this week because obviously a down game for raheem mostert wilson's potential return and achan just sort of stealing all the buzz but i would not hate the idea of trying to parlay just see what you could get into a legitimate starting option because there's a chance that even if Raheem Mostert stays healthy for the rest of the season the Dolphins do rely on three players because they're trying to be in this thing for the long haul how many times when you have three running backs do you have one running back like every time so what I'm trying to say is like within this Dolphins offense, like if you've got three running backs that are going to be uh, a committee, gotcha. yeah. like it's, you don't have the guy that you feel like you can count <laughs> I, on. I yeah. just, yeah, I think that that's probably true. I mean, let's not forget Mike McDaniel came from the 49ers where Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. were. Through, and man. that was actually, you know, all that's all part of how Raheem Mostert got started yeah, at the 49ers. Yeah. And so like that, that scars you in the sense of as a coach, knowing that if you don't have running back depth, you're, you know what, you know, yep. partway through the season. So he, they have benefited from like three healthy guys is ideal yeah. and For potentially them. a fourth, yes. you know? All right. So then here's the real question. Obviously, Stefania, we're getting Cooper cut back potentially this week. He's eligible to be able to be here. Are we going to see him in week five? We could. Could. I think uh, it's really all about how the medical and rehab staff feel uh, he is. Is he ready to handle the volume of work? Mm-hmm. Now they just because he hasn't been practicing with the team doesn't mean they haven't been doing things to try to acclimate him towards what he would need to be doing in football and okay. really increase his volume of work. That's that's the big, I don't know what the word is. It's not recidivism. You usually have so many words. <laughs> but you're worried too, about yeah. recidivism. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. So you have to make sure he is ready to handle that volume. And it's just so hard to gauge, right? Because we just don't have a tool that says absolutely positively this person has passed this injury and remember it wasn't that he had an acute hamstring injury that put him on injury reserve to start the season it was more that he had just this kind of nagging discomfort a little bit of nerve pain and that's related to scar tissue in the area so it all means you're a little more at risk for something to happen if you're not careful with how you come back Hmm. all right so here's the elon cooper cup at least as as far as i'm concerned for the fantasy takeaway here is that 
there are two categories of people that have Cooper Cup that make up most fantasy managers. One is the people that drafted before the Cooper Cup setback, and they have been sort of finding a way and hopefully keeping things afloat through the first four weeks. Because they used a top five pick on him. Probably used a top five, maybe at at best, like top eight or nine pick on him. The second is the group of people that drafted Cooper Cup and got a discount after the injury. That second boat, it's very straightforward. I have no idea what your roster shape looks like right now, but hopefully it's pretty good. And you just got... Like, this is like an early Christmas present. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. If Cooper Cup plays this weekend, do I, as a Cooper Cup manager, think to myself, yeah, I'm expecting 15 catches for 160 yards and a touchdown. No, would I take it? Of course I would. But everything is gravy if you got Cooper Cup in the fifth, fourth, sixth, whatever round you got him in, right? He's just that talented. And even with Puka Nakua's emergence, this is still Cooper bleeping Cup. NFL Offensive Player of the Year, NFL Super Bowl MVP two years ago, the second greatest fantasy season, I would say second or third best ever, right? Like that's how good it was amongst wide receivers. This guy is one of one in so many ways. And Matthew Uh, Safford's favorite. And and while uh, Stefania already alluded to this and it's much more her wheelhouse than mine, like this has been the most meticulously planned return. Like they have been in lockstep from day one between the player and the team. They seem like they've had a vision they have been crafting and working off of. And that four week window, Stefania has said before, was almost protecting Cooper Cup from himself, right? They've built a buffer here. This is gravy if you drafted Cooper Cup later than the first round in your fantasy draft. Here's what you're hoping for. And I really think this applies to the people that drafted him in the first round, too. You that that those people need him to be great sooner. But truly what you're hoping for is nothing more than this. Whenever he returns, that if Cooper Cup misses any subsequent games beyond once he returns, it's for a different injury. You don't want that, obviously, but you want this hamstring thing to be a thing <laughs> of the past for Cooper Cup. And you want him to, whether it takes a week, two, three, four, emerge as a top 12 wide receiver. I'm not even saying a top two wide receiver. You'd love that, of course, right? You would love that, but let's not be greedy in life, right? Like you've already missed a quarter of the season from him. Like if you get Cooper cup and get a top 10 or 12 wide receiver injected into your lineup for the rest of the season in week five, other than Puka Nakua and what he's done through the first four weeks, that doesn't happen in fantasy. Yeah, it does not happen. So if you have Cooper cup, it could be the ultimate. This is like the ultimate shot in the arm for your roster. And this could be the thing that takes a good team and makes it the class of the league yep. or a team that's been struggling and gets it right back into the mix. Like if you're one in three right now, but you have Cooper cup on the way, this is a great thing. We all want him to play in week five. If he is fully equipped to be back on the field, but just because he has returned to practice, my mindset is not focused in on the fact that he could play this week and might. It's really more focused in on the fact that like they didn't have to declare him to return to practice today. Like they could, they could wait two, three, four more weeks, right? The fact that he is back on the practice field as soon as he could possibly be back to me is the biggest win in this all. I'm shocked that they're two and two by the way, that they were able to stave <laughs> also off. Also a that. huge part yeah, of it is yeah. that huge. this Rams team is going to be good enough. Yeah. Remember one of the preseason concerns was, well, if they're five and 10 late in the season, why are we going to see Caleb Williams? Yeah. No, it ain't happening, right? They're going to be too good. Like there's a lot of football left to be played, but they're two and two. They could easily be three and one, by the way, yes, they lost they that. Re- they, they, the two games they lost, both of them were close. They played the 49ers tough. They go on Monday night football to Cincinnati. 
nearly beat the Bengals. This team is legit. I'm not saying they're a playoff team for sure, but they're going to hang around long enough that I am no longer concerned about Cooper Cup being a healthy scratch for the last quarter of the season. Nah. Can you imagine? Because now people are going have to have to pay attention to Puka as well. Mm-hmm. So like now, like yeah. Cooper Cup, they were just using triple teaming him, yeah, trying to bring him down. Yeah. Like imagine what their offense is going to be. Sean McVay must be licking his chops. It's oh my God, he must be so fired <laughs> up. So right excited. Now. So we'll see on we'll see on week five, obviously. You know, Stefania said the door is open. I know that some of the reporting has been the same. Sean McVay has acknowledged it as a possibility. Um, Adam Schefter did say on Fantasy Football Now on Sunday, his sense was that if not week five, not later than week six, right? So like, I think the longest you're going to have to wait for a season debut is week six, and it might come as soon as this Sunday. For those that have checked out the week uh, five rankings, they're probably up any minute now. You'll see Cooper Cup probably hovering around like wide receiver 12 or so. Hard to catapult him right to the top of the rankings right away, but also hard to move him much lower than that because this guy, as we said, we're talking about one of the great players in all of fantasy football. Yep. All right, so then let's move ahead and talk about the waiver wire here, guys. Week five, now that we got all of our injury analysis out of the way, we yeah. know what it is that we need to do to our rosters, Stefania. And I think we start here. Michael Wilson. Yeah, can, we just, can we acknowledge it's just like kind of a blah waiver wire week? Oh, it again. sucks this week. And maybe sort of that, some of that I think is is impacted by the fact that we have had at least one, I think really one in, in Puka, but also Anthony Richardson that are just like, league altering waiver wire pickups so far Dude, this not season. Not just that. Kyron Williams, absolutely. He's like Kyron running back Williams, three on totally. this yeah. yeah. Like those three guys alone, and I I can't recall what Richardson's like week one roster percentage was, if it was above 50% or below. But those three guys alone have emerged and become such fantasy stars. Crushed it. That like those guys might be enough to decide that like the waiver wire was good for the year. But it doesn't feel great talking about the players that we're about to discuss right now. There are not a bunch of guys that I say to myself, okay, adding this player, and he's a top 25 option for me at a position where you start multiple players. Much better. But sometimes it's because you've had somebody who's such a disappointment, like more of a disappointment (laughs) than you ever anticipated, that you're willing to take meh. Oh, we'll take some meh. Oh, trust me, I got some meh. I got some. Yeah. I got some players. Where I'll be meh. I think a lot of Kyle Pitts managers are fine with meh in the tight end position moving forward. All right, as a reminder, you got the Chargers, the Seahawks, the Bucks, yep. and the Browns on by this week here in Week Five. So let's start with Michael Wilson, who looked fantastic last week for the Arizona Cardinals. And it's not just Wilson. Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs <laughs> has Cousin. looked fantastic as well. They spell their names differently. They but do they spell their names differently. Um, Seven for 76 and two touchdowns from this rookie. I want to see more, but you obviously saw the skill that is here. Field. So let's go back before he was drafted. He was a you know, draft Twitter crush, really good player at Stanford. Didn't necessarily test off the charts. Yes. Had a great senior bowl week. The guys are route running King. And in this Arizona offense right now, they're going to play enough three receiver sets that he's going to be on the field a ton Good, solid player. And while Arizona is punching above their weight, the game script continues to be very pass heavy. They're also playing seemingly with some good pace as well. So no doubt in my mind that Michael Wilson should be added in deeper leagues. I also think that for those that maybe took a flyer on him in a dynasty draft, you're feeling really good about this player. Like he's going to be a real thing. And whether Josh Dobbs is the answer long-term in Arizona, I'm not quite ready to go there yet. I still don't believe that Kyler is a lock it in player for Carol, uh, for Arizona beyond this season, but they're going to have a very respectable quarterback in 2024, one way or another. Good vibes right now in Arizona. Michael Wilson stock up. It's definitely stock up. All right. How about Julie McLaughlin? We just talked about this with Stefania with Javante Williams injury. He came in seven for 72 on the yep. ground, 
three catches for 32 yards and a receiving touchdown. Obviously going to be splitting time with Samaj P. Ryan as a part of this offense. But what do you like about him potentially here in week five? Well, he is something that the Broncos have lacked otherwise in the backfield. Explosive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they have, because of Javante Williams, rehab and recovery, and now this new injury, as I mentioned, the juice has not been there. Samaj P. Ryan never been a big juice guy. He's more of just like a, he's he's reliable. He's consistent. Reliable. He can that's, handle that's a lot of touches. Apt description. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just a solid football player, mm-hmm. uh, but he's not a big play waiting to happen. McLaughlin gives them some of that for an offense that has been better than maybe the team's overall tenor would suggest. They could still use a bit more juice in the backfield. And if Javante Williams is unavailable on Sunday, which we know is possible, but not a guarantee. Um, I think McLaughlin's like borderline usable on Sunday. I'm in. He's he's done a nice job. He, liked, he, he crafted a role. He yeah, he good. made we this saw team this an undrafted spark, free agent. Know? Go check his college production. It's yep. like literally unprecedented. So um, I'm happy for the player to see him have a role right now. And I think he is definitely a deeper league ad at worst. But I think he should be added into enough leagues because I know uh, Stefania mentioned, you know, this this hip pointer or abdu- which was well, flexor. A hip flexor pointer flexor whatever um like that one like even if he even if the initial reporting is like he might not miss much time like i don't know if he's gone for two weeks like the door could be open to mclaughlin having a real role in this broncos offense i certainly have worse guys on a lot of my benches than a running back that could potentially get usage here if there is an injury to Devontae williams Absolutely. i also think he might just get more usage even if Williams is active because Williams hasn't been able to be himself, which we talked about. And no, there's not a knock on him. I mean, I just want to emphasize what he's coming back from was a huge injury that most of us did not think he'd be ready for week one. I certainly didn't. Um, And, and the fact that he's able to be there and contribute is something, but he's a power guy and he has not had the explosiveness. He's not, he's not breaking contact that well. That's something Jaleel McLaughlin can provide them regardless. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get more run now. I would love that. Uh, basically also the only running back that we're going to be talking about here on the waiver wire this week. There's Chickens are slim. Yeah. yeah really Two slim. Broncos. Don't only I know it. Back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about wide receivers. We're going to keep moving forward. Romeo Dobbs yeah. field 25 Romeo targets Dobbs, over 20... the past two weeks. Yeah. Did you read my note? Did oh, you see no. what I wrote on my I didn't note? See that. Yeah. 25 targets over the last two weeks. How real is this? <laughs> uh, based on a couple who Jordan here. Love is. Yeah. Cause we haven't seen Christian Watson back in this offense. I know you guys know that my thoughts on Christian Watson, but. So he's played one game, Watson mm-hmm. has. He had just two catches, though, against your Lions on Thursday night. Who? Uh, how did that game go? Uh, it went well for Detroit. Yeah, Lions won. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> I still like, it sounds crazy because Jordan Love's production fantasy-wise has remained consistent. But I still have some questions about like the overall like efficiency of this passing game. That being said, the numbers are just too good to ignore. I think that Christian Watson, uh, when he's a little bit healthier, will be the clear-cut, highest-ranked Packers wide receiver. But uh, while Jaden Reed has had some moments so far Mm -hmm. this season, Romeo Dobbs apparently has a chemistry with Jordan Love that is undeniable. Uh, Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end, in the concussion protocol right now. So there's a chance that they're down another pass catcher who's had a role so far this season. And they play on Monday night in a very, very juicy matchup against the Raiders. So Romeo Dobbs should be available in a bunch of leagues or should be added in a bunch of leagues. Excuse yeah, me. I mean, I think Christian Watson being absent for multiple weeks. I mean, just because we haven't seen him, but don't forget he got hurt in the preseason. So this was a real opportunity for Romeo Dobbs yep. and uh, Jordan Love to bond. He has taken advantage of it, getting two touchdowns in week one and then 25 targets over the last two weeks. He has looked fantastic in this offense. 
But here's the real question. I know. Mm, we're going to move on and talk about Jameson Williams, Jam- guys. Williams, yeah. He's back two weeks early. Field, I've asked you this question. I'm not going to ask you to answer it here, but I'm, I'm shocked by what just happened. The NFL made a rule change on the gambling policy in the middle of the season. I can't remember the last time the NFL changed a rule yeah. while teams were still actively playing. That's a thing that we in fantasy are like, you know what? Rule changes happen at the end of the year. We're well, not going to, yeah. the structural integrity of the game, we don't want to mess with that, but I'm stoked as a Lions fan to get Jamison Williams back. You get it back two weeks early uh, because the gambling policy is not collectively bargained. The NFL can rule with an iron fist here, so that helps. Uh, Jamison Williams now eligible to play as soon as this week. It's going to sound weird, but as much as this is a very redraft-focused show, I think the most important thing that can happen with Jamison Williams over the subsequent, what, 14 weeks of this season is establishing his dynasty value. I don't know, and I could be wrong here. I just, based off of what we saw last year when he was healthy and available and based off of how well this lions offense has played without him and how I think they want to operate, which yep. is ground control football, which they can do featuring a Monroe St. Brown and Sam Laporta in the passing game. And the fact that like Dan Campbell, when asked about Jamison Williams uh, yesterday or recently, it wasn't like, we're so stoked he's going to come back and open up the offense. And, you know, his speed is, you know, probably as, as, as good as there is in the NFL, not named like a Dolphins player. <laughs> it was a lot more measured, right? He's, it was like reliability. He said, we don't want stats. We want consistency. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't, that, that felt like a message to me. Uh-huh. I mean, because I'm with you on that. and here's the thing. Jameson came in with an ACL reconstruction. So he, when we saw him last year, that was his first NFL football. Yep. So not yep. only is he new to the NFL and we see guys who are, who struggle with that change. He was coming off an ACL injury and there were some people who thought maybe he shouldn't play all year because remember his injury happened late. So I, I think we didn't really get to see just pure, um, forget the part about being there for your team and all that. We just didn't get to see the best of Jamison Williams physically right. and also as somebody new to the NFL. Then you put on top of it that he gets himself in a little trouble and he's not able to be with the team. And I think I understand Dan Campbell's message and it's kind of like you got to earn your spot and you got to prove yourself. And I don't think they're just going to say here, plunk him down in this offense and let him go. But I do think if I have him and I have, I I do have him rostered in one league. I've kept him on the IR because I think as the season moves along, he can become a super valuable weapon for them. Yeah. So I think there's more like late season value in redraft, but I know again, I really do think that this is about him establishing himself or not establishing himself as like a blue chip dynasty asset for fantasy purposes. Cause I, you know, the speed is about as good as it gets. He had what one catch last year and it went for like a 60 yard touchdown. Right. So uh, they don't make many players physically like Jamison Williams, but he has more to prove. I think than you would normally say about a player that went 12th overall last year. Absolutely. I'm with you on everything that you said for the record. If you're looking for a guy that's going to give you production this week off the waiver wire, Jameson Williams is not the wide receiver you want to grab. But to Stefania's point and to your point, if you're looking for someone later on down the season, you want someone that has value on your bench. He at least has that ability to be able to be a big play wide receiver. By the way, these Lions need a guy to be able to take the top off the defense, because as much as I love Amon Ross, St. Brown and Sam Laporta, they're not speedsters like that. 
So to have someone to be able to keep those safeties honest. And Hasn't that, slowed them much, but you're right. When they start to play the heaviest of hitters in the NFC, if they make the playoffs, when they make the playoffs, they make the playoffs then all field. of a sudden things do change. That's yep. right. All right, let's talk about Marvin Mims. This is another guy. I just want Marvin Mims to get more targets. This dude is so good when he yeah, has the football snaps. in his hands. Yeah, really so good. I mean, he might be the king of efficiency so far this season. Second round pick out of Oklahoma can flat out fly. Uh, a team that needs more explosive plays is getting them from Marvin Mims Jr. However, if you go check the box score every Sunday or every Monday morning uh, after the first four games, it's like, oh, wait, Marvin Mims is like the sixth wide receiver in this offense. They've got a lot of guys that are playing ahead of Marvin Mims Jr. So he is a stash. And uh, if you have the opportunity to like join a Broncos press conference, ask Sean yeah. McVay about Marvin Mims Jr. <laughs> Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Who did I say? Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, Sean you Payton. Ask Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah, he probably knows him. about him too. Uh, plead, plead with Sean Payton to see more from Marvin, Marvin Mims Jr. But uh, it's it's frustrating, I know, for Sean Broncos Payton fans really to not see him out there. He loves reporter questions right yeah, he about does. now. Ooh, he <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, we know. I think he also has a certain type too, right? He loves his. You know, he loves the familiar faces, the old hats. You know, the Traquan Smiths. The well, he's not there yet, but he took a visit. Uh, you know, the little Jordan Humphrey guys yeah. like that, the Adam Troutman, the you know, then of course the old hats are the older hats, and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, who are more established players. So Mims has a bright future. I just don't know that it's going to happen imminently in Denver because he's been so good and yet can't seem to get on the field anymore. Field, we got two names on this list. We're going to talk about one of them. If you had one deeper league wide receiver ad that you yep. wanted to think was worth it, who are you going after? Uh, Devin Tompkins or Josh Downs are the two options. Josh Downs is the answer. Josh Downs me. is the because guy. If Mike Evans is back after the bye because of that hamstring tweak, is there really a role for Devin Tompkins consistently? My answer would be no. It seems like Josh Downs has already kind of established himself as the number two target amongst the wide receivers in Indianapolis, and they are throwing the football quite a bit more than we expected with Anthony Richardson. Speaking of throwing the football, if you need streamers at the quarterback position this week, we got two names for you. Yeah, baby. Both of them are good. CJ Stroud yep. and Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, these might be, you know, honestly, there can be a, a case that these are the two most impactful waiver wire ads for this week. For this week. Yeah. Both I was really strong ask, options. Can you give us a couple quarterbacks you would start them over? Well, so we talked met. earlier, like Trevor Lawrence is a name that I am trying to fade this week. For the Geno record. Geno Smith, obviously, on a bye. Yep. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Geno Smith on a bye, yeah. Justin uh, Herbert beyond, on a bye, and beyond the buys, though, because I'm somebody might be struggling with their starting quarterback. I would definitely start him over Joe Burrow. Yep. Uh, Joe Burrow. And some of these guys are probably fringy. So I apologize if you're like, no one's starting Dak Prescott on my league, but I would start him over Dak Prescott. I would start him, start him over Daniel Jones, Jordan Love, who I think the numbers tell a different story than the efficiency actually suggests. Those would be guys that I would be starting all of these players over. I'm going through more. Do, 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 do. I said Trevor Lawrence a minute ago. Um, bump, 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 bump. A lot of teams on a buy here. Uh, no, that's a, those are like good. I think a good representative number of quarterbacks that I would be playing. I would be benching in favor of Josh Dobbs or CJ Stroud. Both have been tremendous. Two guys who enter the league in very different ways, but yeah. it's great to see them ball. I'm out. happy for Stroud. There was so oh, much criticism. I mean, I felt yeah. badly for him. You know, when the Texans made that move, just the, the criticism that was uh, it kind of seemed overwhelming at that, yeah. at that, at that point. Yeah. And it never really disappeared. And now he's just, gone about his business and excellent. is producing yep. and I love to see so it. Great. Totally. I love that. Both of these guys you can use here in week five. All yes, right, can. Field, we're going to close things out here in just a minute. But yeah. first, give me a live read from our friends over at Geico. Geico asked, how would you love a chance to save some money on you insurance? You know I would. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help with insurance for your car, <laughs> truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. 
even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today, see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. All right, now it is time for Heating Up, brought to you by Popeye's Field. And is there one player that has been heating up more than Devon Achan recently? First of all, I'm starving now. Thank you very much for that. Ready for lunch, thank you. The answer is absolutely not. Achan has been unbelievable. Four touchdowns two weeks ago. And this past week, he had 27.2 fantasy points. And uh, it's like the perfect marriage of skill set with offense, right? He can fly. He is an Olympic sprinter-level fast guy. The Dolphins just basically feast off of speed. They had a bad matchup last week in terms of a good Bills defense. Yes. And HN still had a monster day. You know who they, they play get the week? Giants yes! this week. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Dolphins are looking at a. Uh, I am like very bullish on what this Dolphins record could look like by the end of the year. The schedule, I think, is more favorable than I had previously realized because they got through the hard part early in the season. This team is legit. HN's incredible. And even though he has basically broken every efficiency model, this is <laughs> yep, one where yep. our friend Liz Loza writes about facts versus feelings in fantasy. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, if you have Devon HN, are you really sitting him? Like think about a guy who's going to get a whole lot more volume. I would think this week, like I think Miles Sanders has a pretty darn good shot to have way more volume this week and more snaps than Devon HN. But if you think that I'm playing Miles Sanders or Devon Achan, you have been (laughs) sadly mistaken, right? So that's the calculus that I think is going through people's minds is that even a guy who might play 40% of the snaps has more upside than a guy who might play 75 or 80% of the snaps because he is in a touch. He is a touchdown waiting to happen. Yeah. Liz Lowe's are going to be here next week as well, which will be really exciting to have her on the show. Liz in the house. Which will be a Let's ton go. of fun. Yeah. I am definitely drinking the Kool-Aid though on Devon A-Chan. How could you not? If I have him, I'm starting to serve that at Popeye's or no? Uh, the the A-Chan Kool-Aid. I yeah. think they're about to. Yeah, that's going to be a new right. flavor. going to have something with his name on it. All right. We're going to talk about our show league updates in a second. But first, my friends, whatever you're looking forward to this season, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment. It's an ice cold Miller Lite. At just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite can... Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate with all season long. So whether you're at the stadium playing fantasy football or watching the game at home or at the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. It's Miller time all season long from kickoff till the clock runs out. You can't go wrong with a Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like beer, Field? I don't know. only 96 calories. It's got 3.2 carbs and 12 ounces in a 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You can get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you can feel it. T. Higgins is going to be have to be careful with this and with that rib injury. Make it a Miller time all season long. Get Miller Lite devoted right, de- delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2, 12, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Oh, boy. By the way, shout got, out to all the- I've got my lunch planned. Yeah, me too. Uh, Miller Lite and Popeyes? Chicken sandwich. And, 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 and,
let's dive into some show league stuff here, guys. Veterans League first or show veterans, league? You know, let's do the Veterans League. Okay. How's your Veterans, veterans league. league going? Uh, veterans League, first of all, a very spirited group. I want to thank all of them that are a part of the league. Uh, they are chatting very frequently. I try to get in there myself a little bit, uh, but it's great to see the camaraderie already being developed uh, in this league. Uh, I'm 2-2 two and two after suffering a narrow defeat this past week. To Shane Burns, and I'm okay with that for many reasons. First of all, you can't win them all. Second of all, Shane Burns was the person that inspired this Veterans League oh, that instead became over 400 people participating. So, cool. so shout Shane, out Shane, thanks to Shane. you, first of all, for all did. of your loyalty uh, and for uh, taking care of business against me this past week. You that, overcame. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. That, look what yeah. you did. Yeah. Look what you did. <laughs> that's it. So two and two. The hard part about the Veterans League is that I think to myself, oh, I'm two and two, 16 team league. I think I'm in eighth or ninth place. I'm still in a good spot for the playoffs. But then you remember, this is a very narrow playoff field we were playing with in the Veterans League. Yes, so I've got my work cut out for me. Um, and I think I drafted J.K. Dobbins. I know I drafted J.K. Dobbins, but uh, uh, running back depth took a hit in a hurry for me in that league. When are you going to stop listening to Mike Clay? I, I, that was right <laughs> that after. Was right after. Okay. I drafted right. J.K. Dobbins. That's How about fair. you, Stefania? How's your squad? I, too, am two and two. All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, yeah. but, but. This is this tells you how competitive the league is because nobody is undefeated. Wow! You know, so we this, in this league, I was just looking at the standings. We've got one, two, three, four, five folks who are three and one, yep. and then a whole bunch of us are two and two, and some who are one and three. Um, so it really is a testament to the fact that everybody's engaged and yeah. participating. And right. uh, like you have seen some spirited folks in the chat, I need to be better about chatting. Oof. I will be. Now Fields inspired me now to do that, that this week. Us. But I think I was embarrassed because I started 0-2. And I'm like, they're la- I don't want to go in the, the like, chat. They're really like, get out of say, here. We're I doing fine in this league nice without comments. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Mr. Dobbs? Uh, real quick, guys. I am also 2-2 two and two in the Veterans League, if I can be honest with you. I just got beat last week. We are week. consistent. Huh? Yeah. We are very consistent. Yeah. By, uh, uh, Dustin, USAF, Chief, loves the Chiefs. So shout out to you, Dustin. And by the way, I've got two 4-0 teams in my league, wow. by the way. Texas Enchilada wow. and Phoenix Lede. So shout out to my veterans Texas league. Texas Enchilada. I got yeah. a lot to wow. be able to make up for in order to make sure that I can get there. Like this. I told you guys that my league has a very spirited group chat. Derek Adams from my league just sent the group chat a note saying Shane got a shout out. So <laughs> Shane gets a shout out. Derek Adams gets a shout out. Uh, both of them. I don't know how their teams are. I know Shane just PB, So he's three and one. Uh, Everybody in my league has like an interesting team name. It's not like Team Yates. Uh, so, Derek, I don't know how good your team is. For the sake of this podcast, I'm going to say you are the 4 0 team in our league. Bravo to you. Let's Shout keep out. things rolling. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk really quickly about our show league because we have a focus show league, and we, we actually to? got some lineup decisions in that that we I need really to make. Really don't want to. Well, I'm I've got some stuff that's really tough I need for some me. Help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the show league really quickly with I the hate, standings. I hate Who that we that? put this up. Field is eight and zero. I know. Trophy Look at Field snack. undefeated. Seven Come on. and one. Come on. I am six and two. The guy yeah, I brought know, into the yeah, league is four and four. Not on the first page well we're on to the second page now shout out to griffy cakes as well who's also four and four we love you griffy uh the other half of the league team moody uh, three and five stefania three and I, five. I was like how did i get to three i forgot yeah and then we got mm-hmm. three we have teams a that are scoring. two and six one of them being mike clay i mean that's, uh, that's what happens he's on the board though he had a two and a week this past week we are playing with the uh Victory, you know, points. Win, victory points scoring. So you get a win if you are either the winner in your matchup or the top, top six half. for scoring. Yep. So that must be uh, how I'm I playing Moody this week, today. who I've, I have a good start, Something as you guys now. just saw there. But I, I don't exactly know how my team has done it. 
uh, because I drafted with my first two picks, Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones. I have that. Oh, wow. You so, is that a humble brag? Kind of. No, I'll tell you why. It's because my Cowboys defense has been carrying oh, me throughout you know the what? season. Still. They have their toughest matchup of the week. So here's what I'm debating right now is, first of all, do I even play the Cowboys <laughs> defense? Second of all, with DK Metcalf plus Chris Godwin plus Austin Eckler all on a bye this week, who do I start at wide receiver? Right now it's Josh Downs and Gabe Davis. So uh, uh, Eric Moody, congrats and early congrats on getting the job done. I appreciate you listening to me early, getting on in on that Brandon Ayuk bandwagon field. You know that I love Ayuk so far this year. He's been fantastic. I think you got to roll with those two guys, though, in Gabe Davis and Josh Downs. Davis has been in the end zone three straight weeks. I got some waiver wire claims today. I'm trying to uh, see what I can uh, cook up over the night. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's, You're not uh, the only one putting in waiver wire claims because oh. uh, I've got Justin Herbert on by right now. I have Oof, nobody yeah. on by. Which is tough. You know, but, man. Yeah, no, so it's a big but for you, then. I, yeah, well, I, I need to fix my uh, my bench a little bit because I don't have great subs. I have Jamison Williams in this league, though. Oh, all right. So I you, do want to point. You look at mine real fast. Sorry, Stefania. They just threw mine up on the oh, screen. Yeah, well, because why would you want to talk about my team? They're bad. I got to figure out what to do here. I, I'm going to talk. Honestly, I'm going to grab one of the two quarterbacks that we just talked about earlier in the show. Either CJ Stroud or Joshua Dobbs is going to be filling in for the secret squirrel team here in week five. By the way, drafting Christian McCaffrey, I think that was a good decision, right? It worked out well for you, Daniel. That's worked oh, out well. That's you're the one. In second this overall league. pick, right? Yeah. I got a yeah, second overall yeah. pick. I got to decide here with my flex, though, because I have so many people on by whether I'm going to go with Jaden Reed, Josh Reynolds, or Rondale Moore. And I don't love any of those. So mm. right now I got yeah. Reed there, but I got to figure That's out if maybe I can get That could be a lion. That could be a yeah. lion there just because. Just because I want to. Yeah, why not? Josh Reynolds he plays for the Lions. Why, why not? not? He's not too bad. Yeah. Stefania, what about you? You don't have anyone on by. I don't by. have anyone on by, and my so lineup is, is pretty good. good. I just wish, you know, Jameer Gibbs is Jameer Gibbs. We know yeah. what's going on. And Darren Waller. That's Oof. been brutal. Yeah. You and every other fantasy manager. And that I also really had high them. hopes for him. And I, I, I wonder when Saquon comes back, maybe it'll be a little bit better, but I'm just throwing darts. I'm hoping. I mean, I saw the Giants offense last night. I get it. Also, you, you know what we could do is like to preserve the sanctity of my roster and to sabotage Moody. You guys could trade me good players for this week when I have all those guys in a buy. This isn't collusion. No, it's not. No, I mean, and, we're talking uh, about it out loud. So yes. It's not collusion. Yeah. Definitely not collusion, guys. Why? And how does that help Will you trade me? him back to me at the end of the week? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's okay, like a well, rent. Let's, it's yeah, like, let's a, do that. like a U-Haul for a couple like of days. That's yes. all. I don't like this planet No, you're all. not playing me. I can do it to you when you have a bunch of players on a bye. Who are you playing? Moody. Oh, oh no. I'm Team Moody. What? One of us has oh, to be. wow. 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 All right. Moody, do you hear that? Uh, now I need you to give me one of your running backs because I know you got backs. running back depth. Right. So come on, this shout out does not come for free. Uh, All right, shout out to everybody at the Fantasy Focus League. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow. Field Mike and I talking our week five rankings. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. We cannot wait to see you on Wednesday. Wear your seatbelt. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. All righty. Come Don't on. you always wear Good your seatbelt? Good job, Gino. You're supposed to always wear your seatbelt. Put yeah. on some sunscreen. Click it or ticket. That's right. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skill are highly in demand. She's our Bay Area lady.
Your favorite gal, she's to find your bed. 